whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Thank you for having us. How has your day been so far here in Hamburg? <laughs> day has been good. It's been like every day on this tour. It's pretty much copy-paste every day. Uh, you are now touring with Sabaton, and in, I think in autumn you will have another uh, headliner show. Yeah, Is yeah, yeah, the, yeah, headliner tour. Yeah. What are the differences by touring uh, with another band or doing a headliner tour? Are there any differences? Of course, there's a lot, a lot of differences. Uh, like uh, opening for big bands like Sabaton, mm -hmm. it means that um, that most of the people have bought the ticket to see Sabaton mainly. So it's more closer to a festival situation, you know, when you think about set list and stuff. So, of course, there are a lot of apocalyptic fans as well, but, you know, still, like, you need to kind of uh, deliver in a short term, short time, like 50-minute set. It's good. It's 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 perfect for opening band or, or the support band. Um, but it's it has a little bit different approach, because when on a headlining show you play one and a half an hour or something, so you can create a little bit different kind of dramaturgy. And actually, uh, the autumn tour, the headlining tour, we are touring with Epica. Mm -hmm. And it's like a double headliner, so both yeah. are kind of headliners, no matter who is playing first and who is playing after, we, we have the full sets. Mm -hmm. And actually yesterday we played in Dusseldorf, we had yeah. a special show, it was day off from this tour, so we had with Apocalyptica, we played the new album, Cell Zero, mm -hmm. the very first time, live, from the beginning to the end. And uh, they have the bridge, uh, you have like, your new album, it's out about a month? A month, yeah. How were the reactions yesterday? You played it from the first to the last song? Uh, yeah. The reaction was great. There are people who, who came there. It was announced as a special event, so uh, people really knew what they're coming for. And um, the reaction has been good. Uh, in general, the reaction uh, feedback for the album has been great. Uh, all the reviews and uh, all the fan reactions have been very, very positive. Which has not, in a way, surprised us, because we knew the qualities of the album. But it's been, what's been surprising that... Almost everybody has been like, this is the album we've been waiting for. And because that was kind of our aim, that we want to make a record, you know, which is really apocalyptic as its purest mm -hmm. and, and the strongest form. And that's why we made an instrumental album. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, but it's, it feels great that it seems like it has reached the people the way we, we, um, it was supposed to be in our minds. Uh, it was five years since the last album, Shadowmaker. You, uh, you already said there many differences to the last album and it's called Salo or Cell Zero Cell Zero Cell Zero Cell Zero, yeah. Cell Zero yeah. because uh, you want to go back to your roots how was the songwriting then uh, what did, did you have in mind writing songs it's like you know with, after Shadowmaker tour we played like 180 shows and then we decided to do this place Metallica by Four Cellos the anniversary thing original I just spoke with our agent that I, I we were talking about 18 shows for that concept, and we ended up doing 230 of those. So that's why the gap between yeah, that's that's why the gap between the albums be, became so long. Um, but while doing that, it was actually really interesting for us. It was fully instrumental concept, and it was really going back to the basics of Apocalyptica, how we started originally playing Metallica with cellos, and that was kind of, you know, that and we were able to experience what it, what kind of communication it creates with the audience, and. It was really encouraging, and we were thinking, okay, actually, it would be really interesting to now go back into how we started to write own music, mm -hmm. like with album Cult. Mm -hmm. I would consider Cult, which was released 2000 as, as the first. Yeah. Even there were a couple of uh, original songs in the second album already, but the Cult was really the, 
the unique piece mm -hmm. of um, of art, if you can say so. Yeah, of course. And, and because the feeling going back to place Metallica thing, mm -hmm. but with the experience we have gained during all these 25 years touring, and uh, we were like, okay, let's do kind of the same thing. Let's try to find the core, the cell zero of Apocalyptica, mm -hmm. because cell zero for us is like a core of everything yeah. in the universe. And, and um, so that's what we wanted to do, and that was the reason why we didn't want to have a producer so we produced the album by ourselves. We knew we didn't want to explain anybody outside of the band what we are doing. So we really wanted to figure it out by ourselves and what, what, what we can create and, and what kind of a musical world we, can, we want to create. And, and that's why the album is it's really important for us. Uh, so everything <coughs> melted down to this one core, the core of Apocalyptica. Uh, I imagine when you write an album like this, you have this in mind and now it's done and you hear it from the first, you listen to it from the first song to the last note and it's like, hmm. oh yeah. <laughs> well, how was the feeling after you heard or you listened to your album from the first when it was produced? It was, uh, it was great. I, I think it turned out really as we wanted it to be. Uh, and big thanks for that goes to Andrew Sheps who mixed the album mm -hmm. so he was really able to mix it the way that we we wrote the music and what we wanted to hear mm -hmm. and what was the production was built for so he was able to really get this this um, the strongest aspects of Apocalyptica this uh, very raw and rough uh, very hard world mm -hmm. in, com in connection very beautiful very very harmonic and very melodic mm -hmm. well because that's i think that's the specialty in apocalyptic that we are we are me melting those two um, main um, elements together in a special way and but i think it, the, the album is a huge journey so it's it, it might be very challenging also for listener because it's not like it's not easy listening music but it's very I think it's very it's yeah, it's a, it's very rewarding for people who take their time and and really concentrate and let the music talk to itself and and uh, you know we wanted to with the instrumental music we we don't want to tell people what to think mm -hmm. but we want to create a platform where people can while listening to it it starts to their minds start to work and create pictures or memories or you know that that yeah. people can you know figure out things by with, with the support of the music like creating a good space of mind space ah, okay. you know. um, so now this album would you think this is the peak and what comes next if you think that is the core of Apocalypse <laughs> um, a little a smaller core <laughs> no no we we continue like you know the, the thing is this is core of Apocalypse it, it's actually we started to build this album from the core of Apocalyptica. Ah, okay. So, you know, like, the, it's the mm -hmm. different versions of it. And, and now, actually, when we decided, we realized that, okay, in this modern release world, we love to do the collaborations with different artists. Mm -hmm. And so we have not forgot that at all. We are going to release new singles uh, with the vocalists this mm -hmm. year. But we realized that we don't have to put them into albums, so we don't need to compromise on the album structure. And so there's going to be different different songs coming out this year with the different singers. Uh, I think first one is coming out in March, and um, and so we are going to follow that path. But like always in Apocalyptic, it's been that we never make a master plan. We don't make a plans too far ahead in the future. We rather always concentrated in the moment and to do that kind of music we want. So now it's impossible to say yet what kind of music we want to do after one year or two years so so we have always a lot of we, yeah we always have a lot of ideas and we always feel free that we can go any direction we like 
but but still it's too early. We want to tour with these songs and play these shows because that always opens up new doors in the mind, you know, mm -hmm. in the musical world for us. And and because we always want to find um, our motivation to do this is yeah. that we find ways that oh, we want to do this better and we want to do this differently. And, yeah. you know, that's something that we haven't done before and, and approach always new levels of yeah. making music. And that's kind of our fuel for the engine. And... Um, And now we are so, the album is just out, it's way too early to think about what is the next creative process, especially once we have been doing those vocal tracks now on the side already. And, 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 and one is release ready and the other one is just about to be mixed and, so, and we are still writing some stuff and so it's a, lot, a lot of stuff is going on all the time. And how was your feeling yesterday after the show playing the whole album uh, when you went back uh, to the locker room and was it like... Oh, Yeah, that's that's how I imagined to be. Oh. It was kind of that. Uh, it was very exhausting, so that's what we expected. And it was very challenging because the songs are very difficult mm -hmm. to play, <laughs> very complicated. Uh, so it was a lot of lot of work um, to get them together to make. Because when we do albums, we don't really think how we play these live. We want to make them yeah. sound great on the record, and when we start to get into the live situation, then we need to think, okay, how we, how can we play this? Okay, mm, we don't have enough hands, so what shall we do? <laughs> how we, so we have to rearrange everything yeah. for for the live show. So it was loads and loads of work <laughs> to get this one show done, um, but it was really rewarding. It was really, it felt really great. Nice, nice. And people, people really loved it. And we did it the way, you know, we went on stage first and we talked to the audience. We talked a little bit about the background of the album the themes of the album and stuff and then we we played the album through no talking just you know that and people took it in a way that they were a little bit applauding in between the songs but just shortly because they were so into it so it was really really intense oh, nice. and after that we we pulled out a little party playing a couple of you know extra songs <laughs> then on top you know just to have fun um you just said uh, there um a single with vocalist uh, who are they the i can't reveal the names yet <laughs> I, i had to try it <laughs> yeah you have to try i understand that but you know i can't tell yet <laughs> uh, but you are all you are worked with so many people like cory taylor till lindemann villavallo if you could choose one who would it be to work with again or be on the stage or maybe in Wacken on stage with yeah, who would you choose? But everybody who mentioned would be great <laughs> so it would be it's very difficult to say and I always ask uh, I get this question that um, who would be the dream artist it's, it's also very hard to name of course James Hetfield is an obvious one you know that I hope one day we will make a song together with him But we've been never pushing towards Metallica on that because we are good friends with the guys and everything is going nice and smooth and with the good respect. And I know they will come up with that if they feel it's the right time for it, you know, so we don't need to push for it. But, but besides that, it's, uh, for us, it's, uh, it's not about how famous someone is. That, that's, that's not really the case. It's, you can, you can uh, create very exciting collaborations with, with people who are not super known but you know who are musically super talented and that, that's, that's the thing for us when doing the collaborations we, we always it's our way to educate ourselves develop ourselves because always working with different artists everybody has a little bit of different approach to make music and make art in general and, and you always learn so much yeah. when working with different people okay uh, When I first heard your music, I was like, hmm, what came first, 
did you first play cello and then came to the rock music or did you listen to rock music and then you played cello and was like okay now I play rock music on the cello what was first hand or act uh, <laughs> let's put it that way with classical instruments um, if you want to really get professional you have to start pretty early so we, we started off we played classical we played cello we studied and then classical in the University of Music in Finland and um, And we, we were just big metal heads as well. We loved the classical music, but also we always loved metal since teenagers. Um, especially for me, the metal was the big thing. I was in academia. I was the guy wearing Metallica T-shirts and you know broken <laughs> pants when most of uh, other people were dressing more properly. Look like me. <laughs> yeah, I look like more like you. So, uh, so it's been always my passion has been metal music. And and then we were like, okay, I I was a one of the founding members of another group called, uh, called Total Cello Ensemble. It mm -hmm. still exists, six cello group. Mm -hmm. We started uh, around 90, year 90, and we played with six cellos. We played um, um, all kind of music, up to Jimi Hendrix, you know, mm -hmm. tangos, uh, all kind of sound installations, imitating formal competition or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we did a lot of stuff, and I was like, okay, if we can play Purple Haze by cellos, we should be able to play For Whom the Bell Tolls, and you know, <laughs> So that was kind of the thing, that okay, we love this music, these are the instruments we play, let's play the music we love with the instruments okay. we play. So it was for us, it was never a revolutionary thing, mm -hmm. it was the most natural thing to do, and actually we, we played first time, it was already 93, mm -hmm. and we never thought about making an album. We never were yeah. thinking about forming a band, it was just a bunch of friends having fun playing metal, performing to friends in the uh, university parties and stuff like that. Oh. And then in 95, Uh, the rumor went on in the metal scene in Helsinki, and we were invited to play in the metal event. And based on that performance, we were offered a record deal from a very small, one-man uh, independent record label. Okay. He came yeah. to us and he was like, would you like to make an album? Well, are you kidding us? <laughs> so who, who would like to listen to this kind of shit from the record? And they like, yeah, 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 I'm serious. And then we're like, okay, we can do it for experience. And then when we, we did super, super low budget, it cost almost nothing, the album. And then we were thinking, if we sell a thousand copies of the CD and get a few gigs, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was, you know, how this whole thing started. And now that, that particular album has sold maybe two million copies instead of 1,000. Okay. <laughs> so everything started to roll then. Uh, so the production were a little bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah, <end>. Yes. <laughs> But it's like, um, yeah, for us it wasn't any idea that let's do this thing to do something. Mm -hmm. It was like, let's, let's just play. Yeah. Okay. What are the challenges uh, transferring metal, thrash metal to cellos? I think it's a whole different the kind of music. What are the challenges? Uh, the biggest challenge is that cello doesn't fit to metal at all. <laughs> <laughs> But we're still not giving up, you know, we're stupid enough to keep on going. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, in the beginning when I did the arrangements, um, And challenging was to find out what to do with the drums, mm -hmm. you know, not having drums, how to transfer the main idea what drums bring rhythmically to be played by cello, you know. And that was maybe the most challenging part for me when thinking about how, how to do it. And, um, but once I found a formula for that, then it was simple with how, what I use and how I make the notation, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, um, and of course, playing-wise, in the beginning, there were a lot of songs we couldn't play because um, the tuning is different, and you know, 
it's way for cello playing on the high you know this guitar solos sometimes they're like insanely difficult mm-hmm. and it felt like oh we can't play those but later on we just played every of the, uh, all of them um and physically in the beginning we were like able to if we played 20 minutes mm-hmm. we were dead our, our hands were like fucked up and and then we started to learn you know new kind of playing technique Mm-hmm. You know, develop how to play it, so how you can play two yeah. hours, and uh, you know you can still have a right punch and mm-hmm. attack and all the stuff, but still you are not dying for it. So, so it, it it's been a lot of um, development and evolution <laughs> from where, where we started from. Um, you know David Garrett? He's a yeah. violinist. Yeah, I don't know him in person, but okay. uh, I know uh, he, he once told. Um, The transportation of his uh, violin is Radivari 2.5 million. Yeah. It's very complicated because it has to stay at one temperature because if not, the uh, the wood warps and you yeah. can't play it anymore. Yeah. Is there uh, any, any kind of this transportation for cellos or are they not that... <laughs> they are sensitive, but these are not uh, worth of two and a half million euros. So <laughs> maybe two and a half thousand euros or something like that. Um, They suffer from the weather, of course, and the sound changes a lot, you know, in the different conditions. So we have sometimes um, trouble with, uh, you know, the bows and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, when sometimes it's uh, plus 40 or 50 even on stage and very humid in some clubs. And, of course, the wood reacts strongly and it changes completely the sound of the instrument and how uh, how it feels in the hands and all the stuff. Or you play outside uh, when it's plus five, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's... It is, it is a challenge, but you know, what can you do? It is how it is. <laughs> One final question. It's more kind of personal question. I have to get my mobile phone. There was a rumor in, in Germany uh, via social media. There is a word in Finnish. Um, how could you say that? Kalsarikännit. What does it mean? That's the greatest thing, you know, for people who like drinking. Kalsari candy is like you get drunk, uh, drunk and just wearing your underwear. Kalsari is kind of Kalsari is uh, the underwear, and um, candy is get drunk or be drunk. So Kalsari candy. That's a very important word. Okay. That means that you are not going. It's, it's like you are not going out or you are not having bar, yeah. party. You are just home and you know sitting in your underwear and on, on the chair and drinking, <laughs> getting wasted. Awesome. <laughs> That's a very Finnish thing. I don't know how popular it is in other words, but in Finland it's very popular. <laughs> some days I do it very often. <laughs> yeah, Sunday, exactly. Yeah, it's the day, uh, dark, uh, like after party night, mm-hmm. you know. But it's really like, yeah, it's, it's, I, I really loved it when I was drinking. I could be drinking, but, you know, when, when I drank that culture can, it was really great. Sometimes in the tour bus, it was nice, you know, having a day off, but, you know, a travel day, so you are stuck in the bus all day. So you wake up, and uh, you go to the fridge, and you take a beer, and it's like, whoa, yeah, and the, you look shitty and uh, dirty hair, and uh, you feel shitty, and then you get wasted. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> but those times are over for me. <laughs> I prefer other things nowadays. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Um, we had a discourse about it, and now yeah. it doesn't exist. Yes, let, let me ask her. Yes, definitely. Definitely exists. <laughs> I think everybody knows in Finland what it means. <laughs> it's my new favorite word in every language. So no. Maybe I consider now moving to Finland. Yes, yeah, yeah. you think, think about it, at least for a while, to see how it feels there. It's it, different there. It was kind of two years ago, and it pops up all the time again on social media, and I never met... Uh, 
person who speaks Finnish. So yeah. <laughs> Don't trust the internet. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like it might have been created by Finns, you know, kind of the whole whole thing. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts. <laughs>